my wife, Pastor Karen, will pray for us. Father, you are truly faithful. Even in times when we are unfaithful, hmm. you are faithful. Hmm. And today in this house, there's a mighty presence, and that is you. You have swept into this place, filled us with the awe of your presence. Hmm. And there's an anointing that flows through this house that brings healing and restoration. Now, now. And we thank you. And Father, as we continue to flow in that vein of your presence, we ask that as the word goes forth that our hearts would hear what your spirit would say to us. It's not just man's words, it's your word. And we ask that we receive it today. And things that we have believed for and prayed for, we thank you that they come to pass. Today. In Jesus' name, amen. Twice in scripture, we find Jesus amazed. If you study scripture, you will find this intriguing thought. And when the Lord spoke this into my spirit, I am today thankful to be a part of you in a rare event, 102 years. I find that amazing. But Jesus, twice in scripture, is amazed. In the first service this morning, we talked about a centurion who encounters Jesus because of a need that he had. The intriguing thing about the centurion who was a part of a 6,000-man occupying force that occupied Israel at that point, Roman government had invaded. And this centurion who was, again, uh, a, a most interesting man when you follow at least history and the journey that he went on after his tenure in occupied Jerusalem and Israel. This unique man is a part of a crowd. He has already fallen in love with the Jewish people to the point that you can find out about his story in the book of Luke. He actually helps to build a synagogue for the Jewish people. And so he had endeared himself to the Hebrews, to the Jewish people. History says about this man that after his transfer from occupied Israel back to Rome, that he was actually one of the curators and the procurers of the church in Rome, of the Christian church in Rome. Actually, some actually believe that he was part of uh, those that helped Paul when he went to Rome for his trial and he asked to be put in front of Caesar that this uh, centurion actually might have been a part of the crowd. Who knows? History only alludes to that. But the story, just to bring you up, is at this point what takes place is that this man is listening to Jesus teach and he becomes so moved by his teaching 
that he has a servant who is sick. And he speaks out in the crowd and he asks Jesus if he would heal his servant. Jesus agrees and he says, would you have me to go? Or he says, in fact, I will go and heal. Some theologians believe it might have been a question that Jesus asked, would you like for me to go to your house? Again, that would have broke custom for a Jewish rabbi to, again, go to a Roman soldier's house. But Jesus asked, aren't, aren't you glad that Jesus goes to all kind of people's houses? I'm going to ask that again. Aren't you glad that Jesus will come to your house? How many of you did not make up your bed this morning? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but you, 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 you recognize that he said, I'll go to your house. And, and the centurion says this. He says, it's not necessary for you to come to my house. He says, I am a man under authority and I'm a man of authority. I am a man who's a part of a 6,000 member force. I actually have a man who is over me that's over the thousand. And he said, I'm over a hundred men. This is what he was saying. And I say to soldiers, you go and they go. I say to another soldier, you come and he comes. He said, so I don't need you to come with me. I need you to just speak the word. And Jesus says what? You've heard it. He said, I have never seen faith like this in all of Israel. In other words, I've never experienced faith like this. I've never seen it. So the second time that Jesus finds himself amazed at faith is in the message that I'd like to share with you. And it's going to be under the title, if you like titles for sermon, it will be this, and I'd like for you to repeat it after me. Don't let me miss this. Somebody say it again. Don't let me miss this. If you go with me to the King James translation, I'll take you to a passage of Scripture that I believe is very relevant for where we are today in the world in which we live in. It's found in Mark, the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 6. Now, I need to give you some of the background, if you please, of this story. Jesus has been baptized by John in the River Jordan. And he has now, listen closely, he has preached in surrounding areas, gone into the mountains, in the hills, and preached, reminding you that Jesus first was a preacher, then he was a teacher. Remembering that you need to hear the taught word of God and you need to hear the preached word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen? It's impossible to develop faith in your life without hearing the word. Amen. And hearing the word is not just here, but it's receiving the word in your spirit. Can you say amen? amen. And I will remind you that the word is a living component of faith. The word is a living word. Every time you hear the word, it's the one thing that will not die. God has declared that. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Amen. What it means is my word will continue to fulfill itself, and whatever it said it would do, it will do. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen? 
Anybody ever have a parent that sent you to the room and say, I'll be there in just a few minutes? <laughs> dude, you're so cool. Stand up, brother. Stand up, dude. I love you, man. You are, you are, I saw that look on your eye. You, I, I felt that pain. I know that pain. Okay. He's like, God, have I been there? Rick, you, you be nice to that boy. Okay. Okay. My dad, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Five hours later. In this event, you're going to hear and see something that challenges the depths of my spirit. Because what I refuse to do is today, I don't want to miss what's happening in this house. Pastor Karen spoke it. The music, Pastor Debbie, amazing to me, it all fell into place. Confirmation for me. And in the next few minutes, I need you to hear that I'm begging you today and I'm asking you today and I'm pleading with your spirit, man, don't miss this. I will not bring the cynicisms and the criticisms of our political cultures into your psyche. You are very well aware, but I'm telling you, there's a demonic force that has been loose like never before on our culture and on our children, on our homes, on our world, on our government, in every facet. Do you hear what I'm saying? You need to recognize that the reason that that is happening is because Satan has seen Jesus getting up to step out, which I've heard you sing. If you think that hell don't know that the end is coming close, how many times have I heard you sing it, Eddie, at least twice? When Jesus steps out, I wish I could do that out like you do. When Jesus steps out, he sees Jesus. And I'm going to let you know that the reason hell has loosed itself is because heaven is about to come and the glory of the Lord's about to fill the earth like never before. You listen to me. I'm telling you today. He said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters and your children, your old men, your young men. Oh, they're going to see visions. They're going to have dreams. And the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. It's not just going to happen right here in this building, but it's going to happen throughout the streets of Murfreesboro, Illinois. And I'm telling you, the glory of the Lord is going to fill this house so you can Take it to the streets. Can you say amen? You didn't pass out drinking water yesterday. You're going to pass out living water where the well will never run dry. Somebody ought to give him a hand clap because he's God in our life. Hallelujah. From time to time, I want to stick my hand down my throat and make myself vomit because I recognize I see a hurting world and I don't speak Jesus to them. I am, I am, I am sickened of, of, of religion that has somehow, Pastor Rick and Debbie, confined us to regulatory concepts that say God can only work within this. I've got a philosophy for you. I'm going to tell you what, the minute that you bind him, he can't work in it at all. The reason our churches are dead and the reason the preachers aren't preaching the word is because God ain't there no more. Amen. 
because he'll only come where somebody will believe in what he can do no matter what they're seeing the world do. Can somebody hear me today? I'm wanting you to understand that I believe this in all of my heart as we drove the streets of this city on Friday. I'm telling you, I cannot help Pastor Rick but believe. When we pulled up on this parking lot twice in the last two days, even when nobody was here, I'm telling you, I see and feel a sense of urgency in this house that I'm telling you that you are right there. You are right there. And I'm praying, don't miss this. Don't you miss this. Don't you miss 102 years and every seed that's been planted, every need that's been asked for, it's about to be brought to fruition by the power and by the presence of Almighty God. One of the greatest enemies to faith is the enemy of preconceived prejudices to where we say, well, God can't use them or God can't do it there or God hadn't done it yet. Let me simply remind you that you need to take that kind of talk out of your mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, you, you've always been just a little odd. No, come on, take your liberty. The preacher said, the preacher told me. Look at your neighbor and say, you just an odd cookie. You like the one cookie in the bunch that's got peanuts instead of pecans. Isn't that how y'all say it up here, pecans? We say pecans. Pecan. I didn't know how y'all did that up here. You like that one cookie? Somebody gave me the wrong cookie. No, they gave you the right cookie. They're just going to see whether or not you'll eat every cookie you can. You see, but I'm wanting you to know that God's wanting to do something. He's put a cookie in your bag. Forgive my analogy to let you know in the last days I'm going to do something. But will you take and will you eat of that which I put in your life? I'm telling you, Rick McNeely, God's going to do something in this house, in this community, by the power and by the glory of the faith that is in you. Can you say amen? I've watched my friend, Pastor Ray Highfield, who sits here today who moved to DeRitter, what, Ray, 22 years ago, 23 years ago. I've watched him walk through challenges in his life, things that I could only dreamt that I might could have survived or watch him. I watched him bury granny. I watched him bury a son. I've watched he and Erlene walk through tragedies in their life. And yet here's what I find today. I don't know how far he drove, but he drove maybe 45 minutes, close to an hour to be in the presence of the Lord. You know what he does from time to time on his drive here? He listens to our 830 service and then he comes to church here and on the way home, he goes back and he listens to another service. Why? Because there's something on the inside of him that won't let him give up. I'm telling you the reason you're here today. Don't you give up. Don't you miss this. Don't you miss this. Don't you miss this. I said, don't you miss what God's about to perform in this house. You can sit back and say, well, I'll just let them do that. It ain't them doing it. It's God about to perform something that he never, you never dreamed he would do. I, I, I know this is impossible. That clock says 1118. Lord, let the sun stand still. (laughs) 
And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many heard him and were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? These are Jesus' half-brothers and sisters. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. You see, some people are going to be offended when Jesus shows up. Oh, come on. I said, some people are going to be offended when Jesus shows up. You know, because why? Part of it is because of that prejudice I told you. When he shows up, then there's something that eliminates everybody else's importance. That's why Paul said, I have to die daily. I have to become less than so he can become more than. And see, until he cannot be more than enough, until you allow yourself to understand that you are never going to be enough. Oh, 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 oh. See, he can't be more than enough till you recognize you ain't all it. I said, you're not all it. Oh, this is a rude awakening for some of us. I said, you are not all it. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't all that in a bag of chips. So last night, we were in the bedroom in the hotel, and, and we like this honey, and what is it, honey and heat? Sweet heat, Lay's barbecue chips. We've become somewhat affinitized to them. And so my wife was laying in the bed eating chips. And she has a nice little towel there to make sure that the red barbecue sauce don't get on the sheets. And that the chips, you know, are... And she's got her drink right there poised, and she's... You were, you, were, you were sitting, excuse me, sitting up in the bed. Yes, that's right. iPad all together. Well, here comes George. <laughs> well, I delicately, lightly got in the bed. <laughs> she says, well, get in the bed, George. I crawled up in the bed like I normally do. I pulled the covers back and, you know, grabbed the sheets and grabbed the towels and, and, and moving everything out of the way. And she says, well, just make yourself at home. <laughs> like, I am. Half of this bed is my bed. Rick gave it to me. I'm just sleeping on his half. <laughs> and so then I reached over Texas Ranger and I got, I got me some of them chips now, the chips was laid up against her, which indicates that, see, see there? I, I figured you was like that. You know what she said? They're her chips. You got that cowboy hat on, but I'm going to tell you what, she the one got the badge on, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> So I reach over and get the chips. Well, she didn't realize she did this, Pastor Debbie, but there was a little bit of a... 
It just went. <laughs> now, it sounded like the atomic bomb going off in my head. Eddie, you understand what I'm saying? It was a. <laughs> and then with one sweeping motion, she just laid them chips over on me. And then that nice, neat, folded little towel comes flying through the air as if to say, if you're going to eat chips in my bed, you use the towel and don't you get no chips on the bed. <laughs> See, what I'm wanting you to say is this, that sometimes things are not always going to be organized in your life with God. When you really get to where you want to go with him, you may not have all the protocol and all the customs and all the rituals, and things might not be in a neat little package. But when you get hungry enough, you'll reach over, you'll grab the chips, and you'll say, Lord, I just got to have some of you in my life. Am I talking to anybody? Quit trying to do it like everybody else has done it. Don't worry about where you've been. Understand that there's something going on in your life right now. Don't miss this. Don't you miss this. He's about to perform something you never dreamed he would do. Give him a hand clap. He's worthy of all of our praise. Huh. Jesus has stilled the storm. He has cast demons out of a madman. Listen to this, Pastor. When I begin to put this in order, he has already stilled the storm at sea cast demons out of a madman, healed a woman of an incurable disease, raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and as a result, his fame and, and, and ministry has gone like wildfire. Now he comes home, and somebody says, who do you think he is? See, if we're not careful, what we'll do is when he comes into the house, we'll miss him because it was somewhere else that happened. Man, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared because of this. When I say scared, I am assured in my faith that will outdo my fear. I am not going to miss what God's going to do. And I'm going to tell you what today. I'm just, I'm just simple enough. I'm just simple enough that I drove 12 hours because he told me I need you to come here. Okay. I, I, I followed and, and, and I, I obeyed my leader. But I'm telling you today, I didn't come here just to go through some little patty cake emotion. I came here today to tell you that I just believe that my God is big enough and my God can and my God will and my God wants to right here in this house. I don't care where you've been, what's been going on. Today is a day. Don't you miss this. Give him a hand clap. Give him a worship. Give him a praise. Oh! I am determined. Pastor, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to push, push, push me. But I want you to know you've taught me enough. And I've watched you enough. I've watched you when people said it couldn't happen. And I wondered if it could. And you just said, we're going to do it. And I've watched this man walk through fire. I've watched his wife, again, do amazing things with people in leadership. And I'm telling you, hear me, Christ Community Church. Hear me. I am telling you today that without equivocation, this is no accident. This is a 10-year anniversary. Do you recognize and understand that what can take place in this house? 
Now somebody's got to be willing to understand, I am not going to miss what God's going to do in our life. Just make me feel better. And look at your neighbor and say, I've seen you mess some things up. Oh, there's some men. They're like, baby, don't you do mm. See, there's some people that they're what I call pattern designers. There's a, there's a clip right now on my phone. I've got an iPhone. And, and it keeps popping up. And it says, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lady's advertisement, obviously. But it says, this is the dress that nobody can live without. And it's only $83 or whatever. But what they've done is they've taken the pattern off of a very expensive dress. And they trimmed it. And it looks like, but it ain't. See, we've trimmed him down to where we have a form of godliness. But there ain't no God in it. You can come up in here and you can do your thing. And I'm not being critical. But I'm telling you, it's not about us doing your thing or my thing. It's not about us singing the song you like. It's about you coming in and saying, I'm here to worship, and I'm here to magnify, and I'm here to lift up. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Can somebody shout amen? And I'm here today just to tell you, I'm telling you today, you're going to see it, and I've got to quit. I don't want to quit. I want to stay about four more days and finish this sermon, but that's what it would take. But I'm telling you, this is your hour. Do you hear me? This is your hour. Do you hear me? This is your hour. Do you hear me? This is your day. Do you hear me? This is your time. I want you not to miss it. So Jesus spoke, and yet they sat and listened to him, Pastor. And they said, in essence, who does he think he is? And the scripture says that all he could do was heal a few sick folk. Now, I'm going to say this with kind regards, sir, to what I believe about you and what I hope you believe about me. Is I'm not satisfied with just a few sick folk getting a little bit of a touch every now and then. But I'm telling you, it's been a hundred years, Murfreesboro, Illinois. I'm telling you, the century has gone by. But I'm telling you, the glory is a beginning to fall. I'm telling you today, there's been a power. Would somebody stand with me? I said, there's something that's about to take place. Oh, I said, there's something that's about to take place in this. Will somebody today recognize I am not going to miss this. I need, I need, I need 120 more seconds. I want every head bowed just for a moment. You don't have to close your eyes. But I want you to say this with me today out loud. Would you say this with me? Would you say, I don't want to miss this. 
You can lift your head up, look at me. The Spirit of God cannot move in an atmosphere of unbelief. You believe in God, say amen. amen. You believe in God, say amen. amen. You believe in God, say amen. amen. You believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, say amen. amen. Pastor Debbie, do you really like me? Thank you. Quit playing. We're going to do something that's going to really mess you up. I want all them people to come back up here that were singing up here before, and the song we sang before, what you call it, started playing. That's the song I want us to sing, that last song. You remember what that song is? Huh? Yes. I speak Jesus, right? And then what it was? We're going to speak Jesus in this house. I, I, want, I, want all of, I want all the stuff on the wall. All them people, all them people here. Y'all come on, come on, people here. Come on. Come out here, make me look good. Bass, get, pick up that bass, baby. Go, go to plunking. Somebody say, I speak Jesus. Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the streets. Jesus over my family. Oh, can somebody say amen? Can somebody say amen? I speak Jesus. So today I'm simply going to tell you today, I'm sorry for the time limit, but I'm telling you that I, I have been sit here today to tell you that you cannot miss this moment. And I'm telling you today, next Sunday's Neighbor Sunday, I'm telling you when Neighbor Sunday starts, it starts today. Go to the streets, go to your city, go to somebody. I'm going to tell you what, I've met five people in my hotel. They wondering who that who that who that southern boy is. <laughs> I wish I could stay. You know, I'll stay another week. I'll stay another week. You pay for it, I'll stay. I'll be five visitors. You know what that chips into your hundred dollar win, what that does. I'll stay for a hundred dollars if you'll pay for my room. See my point? That's what we'll do. We'll bargain. If you'll do for me, I'll my point is it doesn't matter if it's a hundred dollars or no dollars. You can't talk to me, brother. Okay, there's, there's, for, there's, there's your $100 for your first visitor next week. So, the little girl that works the desk at the hotel, her name's Tristan. Tristan. You can't believe I know her name. Look, Tristan. I'm going to tell Tristan. I've already told her twice. I'm going to tell her a third time. Tristan, you need to be at that church next Sunday. If she comes and wins $100, I want my money. Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the streets. Jesus. 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 Don't you miss this. Oh, don't you miss this. Don't you? Well, well, you know, the school don't want me to say Jesus. My job don't want me to say Jesus. If you got a shot because the government told you to, you better tell Jesus you love him because he died for you. Can you say amen? It ain't time for us to back down or nothing. It's time for us to step up and say, I speak Jesus. Give him one more hand clap. He's worthy of all of our praise and all of our
20 hits and all this stuff started happening, God started speaking to me and I knew something was up and this is what I started praying. I've been praying this for three years. God, don't let me miss this. Don't let me miss this. I knew that God was building up to something. You see, we became complacent as Christians because the government created a comfortable place for us. And so we felt like we had achieved our status through the government. The government didn't give you Jesus and the government can't take Jesus away from you. We've, we've replaced politics for revival. And I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you. That until we quit looking for political leaders to give us our self-assurance or our self-worth as children of God, we're never going to see what God intended for us. So what God had to do was put us in a place where we quit looking to people and start looking to Him and say, God, don't let me miss this. Do you wonder why there's so much mess going on right now and people can't figure out who they are and there's a tax on identity and our children are paying the price? It's because the devil knows he's running out of time. But I got news for him. There ain't no devil in hell that's big enough, bad enough, rough enough, or got stuff enough to take out the church of the living God because it's all about him. I want you, look, we are, we are on the, the edge of an outbreak of the power of God like you've never seen in your lifetime. God keeps, uh, this keeps coming back to me. Don't miss this. Now, you need to know that God is going to do what he's going to do with you or without you he's going to do what he's going to do with us or without us my fear has been and I've been praying God I don't want to be looking in a rearview mirror seeing that I missed this make me sensitive to your spirit enough to know that I need to be right in the center of this a few months ago the Lord spoke to me in a dream I was dreaming and God told me, and I'm just going to tell you what God told me. God told me, he said, you're going about this the wrong way. And, what I, and I knew what he was saying because I've tried to be nice. And what I mean by trying to be nice is I'm talking about that I haven't. You, you understand that sometimes when, you're, when, when there's something in you and you're not sure whether or not people will receive what's inside you, you, you tend to back up a little bit. And if I'm going to be transparent, I backed up from some things when I first came here. And I finally realized something. I thought, God, I can't continue this because this isn't who I am. The Lord spoke to me and said, you're going about this the wrong way. Stir up the gift that's inside of you. There's something that God has placed in us that he wants to use. And until you're willing to say, it doesn't matter what anything else, I'm going to let God use what's in me. He's the one that put it there. 
So for every singer on the stage, that means that you have to connect to God in a way that all of a sudden brings the glory of God down into this house, knowing that you play a vital role. Every musician, you're just not playing an instrument. You're inviting the presence of God and angels into this place. Every praiser and worshiper, when you raise your hand, it's not just about you going through emotion. It's about you engaging an army and saying, here we are, God. We're ready to move. Those things that God has spoke, he's going to bring to pass. We need to be ready. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say this with me. Ready or not, here he comes. Ready or not, here he comes. I want you, if you would, just to get someone by the hand where you're at. We have started into a season of what I believe is a miracle season. It's a season of the power of God moving and working in unprecedented ways. It's cancers dying up. It's, I didn't even know what Mary had. She was trying to explain what it was she had, and, it, and it's gone now. Vertigo, she had, well, whatever, vertigo. But it, it's, it's gone now. Everybody say, vertigo done got up and went. Here's what you need to understand. Whatever it is you're facing, God's bigger. God's bigger. And so don't get attached to something. There was one lady, I was talking to her about her husband. It's been years ago. I was talking to her about her husband. I said, I'm just going to pray that God save him. She said, oh, dear God, don't do that. It's bad enough. I have to live with him. I don't want to have to go to church with him, too. Think about it. Think about the mentality we get ourselves in. I want you, hands up, and say, God, I want you to use me for the purpose you created me. They sing this song one more time. For the purpose you created me. That means I don't get to go to God and tell him what I want him to do. It means that I say, here I am, God. You had a plan for my life all along, and it's taken me a little bit to... Come here a second. Stretch your hands. No, stand down there just a second. If you would take, take a step back on that. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. You felt something stir in you, and it's beginning to pull on you, and you feel like that there's a, that, that, if you will, a, a change of seasons, that you're moving into something else, and you need to understand that the devil tried to keep you from getting there, but God said, the devil cannot stop you now. He cannot stop. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Come on, just stretch your hands out and love them with me right now. Sing it.
work a miracle for you. There's something that you need, that, that you've been praying, and you feel like it's confirmation that God wants to do this. I want you to stretch your hand to heaven right now. Now, Father, all these hands that are going up, God, are coming into confirmation with your word. And where two or three would agree together, God, that you would do it in the midst of them. God, we're not raising hands on our own, Father, by our own power, own authority, but we're raising our hands according to your purpose and your will. We're asking you right now, God, to... Keep your hand up just a second. This couple, you're praying for a baby? Stretch your hands to heaven with me. How many of you know that God can give babies? God, look, God took a virgin and gave a baby to him. Stretch your hand to heaven. Look, I've, we've seen this happen on several occasions where all of a sudden, I want you to come here and lay your hand on her, where all of a sudden God just gave life where there hadn't been life. Father, we... has been exalted above every name. Cancer is just a name. But Jesus... to hear what I'm going to say, and I don't want you to misunderstand me. We don't raise our hands begging God. We don't raise our hands in an act of desperation. Desperation doesn't move God. Faith moves God. So you raise your hands in faith, and sometimes you just got to look the devil in the eye and say, you're a liar. Get behind me. Get behind me. Stretch. Come here a minute, David. Come here. Stand right here a second. I want you to look at me for just a second. You know, God's doing something in you, and sometimes you're not sure even of yourself, but God knows what he's doing. I want you just to trust him. Just you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now, just go ahead and raise them up. Oh! 
declaring this. I'm believing for this. Great. Hold it just a second. I want to ask you a question. How hungry are you? You know, when you get hungry, nobody's going to keep you from the dinner table, right? You're, you're going after it. You need to ask yourself a question, how hungry am I? Because sometimes what happens, we get in a service and we sit back, we, we just kind of stand back, and we don't get hungry enough to move forward. Well, if you don't get hungry enough to move forward, then don't gripe about not having anything when you get home. You got to be hungry enough to say, God, I'm coming after it. If I've got to press my way through a crowd like that woman did, I'm coming after it. I don't care what's going on around me. I've got my mind made up. I've got my eyes on you. I'm coming after it right now in Jesus' name. So if you've got your mind made up that you're come here a second. Just stand right here. Raise your hands to heaven. There's been chaos kind of around your life for a little while, hadn't there, man? How many of you know that God's a big God? And, and, and God sees something in you. You've been told things about you. Things have been spoken over you, and that's not even who you are. You're who God said you are. Today there's going to be a change in your You're going to feel it. Shout it. what I have need of even better than I do and the thing is is he can take care of it I want you to say this with me God I believe you're going to take care of it and you believe that and I want you to say it again I believe you're going to take care of it I believe that with all my heart
is able to order your steps and I want you to trust him to do that there's a change coming now there's a shift that's going to happen you're even going to feel different than you felt and everything around you is going to begin to look differently the sun's getting ready to shine again Stretch your hands to him. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus. Shout Jesus from Stretch your hands and love him. I speak the holy name. Somebody say it, Jesus. We're, look, say it one more time, would you? Jesus. Jesus. Here's the deal. You, you need to speak Jesus like you're talking about your best friend. Because you are. Not like he's someone that's far off or at a distance. He is your best friend. The Bible said that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's who he is. Get acquainted with him. Reacquaint yourself with him. Every day meet with him and talk to him. And let him be that personal Jesus to you. I'm going to ask Pastor George Lee's going to come up, and he's going to bless this congregation. Aren't you glad? for the word of God that he's brought today. Let's give God a hand clap of praise as he comes. Your heads are bowed. You don't have to close your eyes. But I want you in these moments to hear this as your pastor has challenged us and the spirit of the Lord has confirmed for us, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say now faith. Say now faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says what? Now faith. See, your faith was not for your yesterday, so get out of there. Get out of your yesterday. Somebody say that. Say, get out. Too many of us live in our yesterdays. And, 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 and we wonder why the enemy keeps showing up the way he showed up before. It's because we're still living where we used to live. Somebody say now. He is the God of tomorrow. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm wanting you to know that now is your faith day. Now. Now. 
If you keep looking back at yesterday, that's all you're going to get because that's all you're going to see and that's all you're going to speak. Quit speaking your failure. Quit speaking your trouble. Quit speaking your problem. Quit speaking your accident. Quit speaking what somebody said and declare what God said about you today. I want everybody to look at me just for a moment. Pastor Rick, you're you're, you're a whole lot deeper than I am theologically, but I I love this, this thought. And then Pastor Karen's going to bless us. David said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, there's all kind of ramifications about what that meant and when the armies met and all this kind of stuff. But I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, You can eat off your enemy's plate. See, down south, y'all don't do this up here. But we'll pick off one another's plate. Y'all don't do that. Y'all a whole lot cleaner than that. See, this little thing right here, that baby doll can eat crawfish like you ain't never seen in your life. That's a crawfish-eating woman. I end up peeling it and giving it to her. That's a good husband. The only thing she will not do is suck the head. But watch this. You see... Like yesterday, we had some, some good food. Day before yesterday, it was tequilas. We went there, and, and she shoved her plate over on me after I done told her I don't want none of that. <laughs> but then a few minutes later, I sat there long enough, and I looked at that, and I reached over and got some from her plate. I want to remind you, the enemy of your life He said, I'll prepare a table before you that even your enemies will feed you. Boy, isn't that something? The people that you never thought, the things you never thought could provide for you, God's got an answer for you right in the middle of your hell. In other words, you can be in the middle of a battle and you'll be eaten. What I'm wanting you to see is you're never going to run out when you're in the presence of God. Wherever you are right now, don't doubt. He'd take care of you. He'll feed you in the presence of every struggle. The doctor could have said this, but he's still going to feed you. God's going to provide for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Today is your day. Today's your day. I want you to touch somebody physically if it's comfortable for you to do too. I want you to reach over and take somebody's hand. Put your hand on the shoulder. Pastor Karen. Father, your word tells us that the blessings of the Lord make us rich. Rich in mercy, rich in forgiveness, rich in faithfulness, rich in goodness. Your blessings are here. Let us not look at what we don't have, but look at what we do have. Because your word says, little is much when I'm in it. That's the word of God. So your blessings are here, and we step into them and receive the fullness of the richness of God's blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. The refreshments in the coffee shop. 
take time to greet each other. Happy 102nd anniversary. We love you guys.